Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Rewind, the podcast that rewatches, reviews, and relives traumatic and purple events for every movie, show, and one shot in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm Tony Camarena. And I'm Al Rodriguez. And this week we are covering Jessica Jones, Season 1, Episode 1, aka Ladies Night. Original drop date, November 20th, 2015. And a quick uh, summary of the episode as a whole Jessica Jones is hired to find an NYU student athlete who's vanished. But it turns out to be more than a simple missing persons case. Maybe she has superpowers, and that's her power. <gasps> Maybe. Yeah. I I felt I feel really skeezy saying "Ladies' Night" as the title. <laughs> Just gotta say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if anyone knew you like I knew you, Tony, I was really hoping I could think of a punchline. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> I, I had nowhere to go. Yeah. You're very respectful. I don't Thank know. Thank you. <laughs> I need that. I'm going to keep this recording as evidence in whatever trial I might have in the future. <laughs> All right. That sounds good. Don't know why you won't go with your wife, but okay. Let's take take oh. me for that. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, Our- Jessica yeah. Jones. That's right. Uh, a we great, this great positivity character. through this super positive show. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm in a I'm in a bright mood with this. So, all right, Tony. So as a whole, since um, since we're starting off a, a brand new series or well, series and season, uh, what do, what do you think of the show in general? Right? Because how many times have you watched this show this, or this season? Currently, this is going to be my third watch through. I watched it when it first dropped. And I rewatched it before the Defenders came out, and then we're watching it now. Um, so I I enjoy it, uh, especially the first season. The second season has good parts, but I don't think it's as good as this one. And hey, listeners, you might have already seen it, but we haven't watched the third season yet because it comes out in two weeks in our time zone. Um, I'm a little also bored. timeline timeline that that works That's too. Right. Yeah, Tony, you and I are different time zones. Yes, but they drop at the same time. <laughs> so oh, do they? Is that how Netflix that works? I don't know, because I'm too old to stay up that late. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> Although it shouldn't be, shouldn't be that hard. It's only 9 p.m. when things drop. I just never check. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, um. Anyway, uh, listeners, I hope in... What? five weeks your time i'm not getting confused season three and season one since i'll be watching season three at the same time but to answer your question in a very rambling way i do enjoy this show it's of the netflix shows it's my second to daredevil second favorite how about you okay um so i am cautiously optimistic for watching this season again so when the show first came out i remember liking it way more than season one of daredevil However, I've only watched both of those seasons, well, once, I guess, in, in total. For this podcast, though, when I was rewatching the first season of Daredevil, I remember thinking, wow, this is this is a lot better than I remember. And maybe part of it was also the, you know, looking for things just for the sake of having to talk about it for, for a, a show, a podcast of some sort. And so I'm, I'm curious if I'm going to like it as much, because just like when we were talking about season one of Daredevil, there's so much that I don't remember and there's so much that I don't remember of uh, the episodes I've rewatched already or so far for, uh, for this. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if you don't like these shows, Al, <laughs> because you just don't remember any of them. You just, you hear people say, you know, I heard that was good. And you're like, yeah, I probably watched that. That was probably pretty good. So I'm glad to go through these new experiences with you. Oh, that's good. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> you know, I, I I'm reminded of how bad of a memory that I have because every so often I'll rewatch something or I'll replay a video game or something. Especially now when like so many video games are coming back and they're like remastered, and I'm thinking, oh yeah, I'll I'll play through that. Why not? And I don't remember eighty percent of the game itself, the plot lines and all that. Ugh. Well, you know the good thing about having this bad memory. You realized it, and you'll forget soon. So it's not that big a deal. That's true. That part is nice. Okay. <laughs> All righty. Uh, you good to get into talking about the episode itself? Yes, I am. 
All right, so let's go ahead and start at the beginning. <clears throat> Episode begins with a show intro, reminding us that these things exist. When the intro ends, we see Jessica Jones, private eye, taking pictures of a couple, getting it on in public. Later, the guy finds out... Da, da, da. Later, the guy finds out she was hired to investigate his affair, and he confronts her. Turns out to be a bad idea for him. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's start off with the intro. Um... I like I've been watching not not recently. Like in the last couple of months I've seen like three noir movies, which is three more than I've seen my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> Four if you count Detective Pikachu, which I do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't? Yeah. Um my my <laughs> my list is The Third Man, The Maltese Falcon, Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Detective Pikachu. So <laughs> But I'm getting a real feel for this noir stuff. <laughs> and I do like how she's a private eye. And this is, it's very 1930s seedy New York that we get in this introduction. I don't feel that too much in the show, but I like the idea of what it is in the introduction. Yeah, it's uh, it's very much, uh, you know, watching people kind of thing, because it's, it's showing what people through their, uh, their windows at home kind of thing, mm-hmm. in their apartments everyone's doing different things and we get a little bit of that later in the episode of that kind of thing happening but that's probably the all of it that we get for the season yeah yeah uh now that you say have you ever seen uh rear window no uh it's a um alfred hitchcock movie <clears throat> where um guy has a broken leg and all he can do is stay in his apartment because there's no um ADA back in the 50s, the American Disabilities Act. So he's stuck there and just watching people through their windows and he witnesses a murder and stuff like that. And the cops don't believe him. But watching him through the window, it makes me realize how much it's like that movie, too. Okay, yeah. So I've I've heard of that. Like, I I didn't know what it was titled, but, you know, so many things have have made fun of it, most notably The Simpsons, because that's probably where I first learned about this. Also, there's a... Uh, remake not called Rear Window. I can't remember what it's called. With Shia LaBeouf, terrible movie. Don't recommend it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Should I just go watch Transformers instead? Yes. Okay, <laughs> definitely. Sounds if, you're good. Go, if you're gonna watch an even Stevens movie, you go and watch. Um, I mean, you should watch Even Stevens since I said that <laughs> when I meant to say Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> I'm just going in there. You should just watch Even Stevens. It's the it's the top of his career, which was the first thing he did. Oh, okay. You know, I never remember uh, liking that show when I was a kid. I only watched like a few episodes, but I love that show. Okay, maybe well, maybe, maybe I'll pull up the movie. Okay, not as an well, adult or real life cannibal Shia LaBeouf. If you haven't seen that YouTube video, that I have seen. Yeah, and that is great. <laughs> I take it back. That's the best thing he's done because he clapped at the end of the live action one. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Jessica Jones. Yeah, Jessica Jones. <laughs> Woohoo. Not a real life cannibal. Um well, so, we haven't <laughs> seen season three yet. Hold your horses. That's true. That is true. This episode does come out after. So so hopefully not a real life cannibal. Um We do know that uh she does not take crap from people confronting her about her work and uh her job. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the guy that she was taking pictures of at the beginning of the episode confronts her. And I, I got to say, I'm, I'm a little curious. So when I was watching this uh, again, uh, the camera was kind of moving in on the, uh, you know, the, the window for her apartment office. And it, it, from the shadows, it kind of seems like like he grabbed her, but like he was throwing her through the window. And I rewound it and it kind of looked like that for a second. Uh, and I was wondering if that was on purpose to really mess with us as the audience. It might have been. Um, I mean, it's supposed to subvert your expectations of a uh, big man throwing a little woman through a window is a lot much more believable than, mm-hmm. I mean, Kristen Ritter, the actress who plays Jessica Jones, is is not exactly built. <laughs> I mean, I know she has superpowers, but she's like the thinnest um, superhero ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. This is also um, 
like the very opening of Alias number one, which is the original Jessica Jones comic book. Um, which privately, Al, I said I was going to read the entire Jessica Jones um, the Alias series before we started recording. I read like four issues. It's not my cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I have I, been meaning to read those also. I didn't even get to the Purple Man stuff. So. Ah. But I do have this information that it's, um, this is very much, this is the opening of the comic book, including the down to the shadows and the guy being breaking through the glass window. Okay. Gotcha. All right. I have not gotten that far, so you have, I will you trust read the first you on page? that. That is true. I have not. Okay. okay. Fair. Fair. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's pretty much it for this scene. Um, she throws him out the the uh, uh, apartment office window in her apartment number 23. Mm -hmm. That's it. What a beast. Oh, I was going to bring that up. Have you watched Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23? Oh, yeah, definitely. I love that show. I was uh, if I had more time today, I was going to watch a few episodes on Netflix. Because um, when I saw that, I first saw that after I watched Jessica Jones and I realized that is a prequel to Jessica Jones before she went through all the trauma. This is just, that's just exactly who she was. <laughs> well, it fits. Hanging with James Vanderbeek and whatnot. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that'll definitely. Uh... I gotta stop starting jokes, but without having <laughs> without a punchline. Punch All right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. I feel like I feel like um she, yeah she's playing the same character except for. Jesse Jones just has all any joy, even the like sadistic joy that she had in Don't Trust the Bee, um, sucked out of her. Which you know we'll find out what happened to her, but it makes sense. It does, yeah. It uh, it, it works out. <laughs> um. So before we move on, since this is our introduction to Miss Jessica Jones, I want to talk about a little bit about her comic history. Um. She, like we said, she premiered in Alias number one back in November of 2001 by uh, Brian Michael Bendis, the same guy who made Miles Morales and um, probably a lot of other things. But he did the Ultimate Spider-Man for years. But so, um, they retroactively put her in the back, or not, like, didn't put her in the background, but there was, like, a random black-haired character in Spider-Man number four back in 1963. So they retroactively said that was her. Because she went to high school with Peter Parker. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I did not know this until I looked at the MCU wiki, wiki and it's just like, original premiere, 1984 and, or 1964. I'm like, no. <laughs> so I had to look <laughs> into it. <laughs> Got it. Okay. All right. Uh, the one piece of trivia that I know, unless, wait, are you out of trivia? Oh, for now, for, the, oh, for okay. this moment. All right. Well, then the, the one piece of trivia that I know also for her, uh, as far as a character creation goes, uh, originally when they were writing the or creating the comic for Alias or when they had the idea, they were going to use uh, Jessica Drew, who is uh, Spider-Woman, right? Yes. Uh, and then they later decided to change the whoever was was working on it, uh, probably Michael Bryant. Brian Bendis. Michael Bendis. Like, but Bendis. Yeah. Bendis. Uh, Bendis, Bendis, Mr. Bendis, uh, <laughs> um, later decided to just make a new character altogether. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know Jessica or uh, Drew that well. I mean, I've read her like in Avengers comics and stuff as a minor or a supporting character, but I've got to assume she has like a, a fan base, and you don't want to take a already established female character and do what happens to Jessica. You you want to start her there and build her up. That is true. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. Let's uh, move on on that yep. high note. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's move on to the next scene. And here's a summary. Jessica go to the Hogarth Chow and Benowitz law firm to get a job from Jerry Hogarth, senior partner, whatever that means. The audience gets some exposition that Jessica's methods are frowned upon, and Jessica gets a job to give some sleazeball a subpoena. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So, um, a little bit of trivia about uh, Jerry, other than her being Trinity. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I, I wasn't sure about this. Is she the first openly gay character in the MCU? Um, I'm gonna give her a semi. I don't want to say main character, but she's like a a very repeatable character. I think so. Uh, the first openly gay one that I can think of was from earlier in season three of Agents of Shield. Oh yeah, uh, um, Joey, the inhuman, fiery guy that melts stuff. It was him. I, I there's probably at least one other character, but I, I they probably have such a small, small uh, part. Yeah, yeah. Well, in um, the comics, she is actually a man named Jaren Hogarth, who's like a ally of Iron Fist's. Which I'm thinking, I haven't read any of those comics either, but I think she was probably like, you know, a, a woman who, or a guy who slept around with a bunch of women, and they just did, they just changed her name. And like, <laughs> kept everything, including the genders of the people she sleeps with, just to make it simpler. <laughs> well, maybe, yeah, when you're, <laughs> or you're trying to transfer so much, you know, of decades worth of comic book stories to, you know, this trying to make a real life current day sort of thing. Yeah, it's... You know, the, the less you have to change, the better. Yeah. <laughs> or they had Jaron Hogarth as a character, and then Carrie Ann Moss came in. Said, yes, we'll give you, who do we have left? That one lawyer guy? All right, we'll just switch it. It's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, that works. I mean, yeah, when when you get her, like, sure, yeah, someone. Someone who's in the show a lot. <laughs> so, speaking of Carrie Ann Moss... Um, want to talk a little bit about her she has not had a um a uh, superhero background i guess she hasn't really been in anything really superhero unless you count her very first uh television acting gig on the tv show dark justice oh no i don't even know that show <laughs> oh well here let me read you the uh the uh, summary from uh, wikipedia because i feel like it is the perfect description of this show Dark Justice is an American crime drama television series about a judge who becomes a vigilante by night so that he can bring high-level offenders who use technicalities to, quote, escape the legal system to what he calls, quote, Dark Justice. The role of Judge Nicholas Marshall was played by actors Rami Zeta in 1991 and Bruce Abbott from 92 to 93. First, they recast the guy, but ran for three years? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, did this guy ever team up with Daredevil? Because they seem to be right on the same page. <laughs> I was that, wondering that too. Almost completely the same page from like a motivation standpoint. Yeah, I- exactly. Um, especially if you like compare that to the uh, the Ben Affleck movie, because that was like exactly what they just what they went with. In the in the alternate reality where Dark Justice is a big hit and um, Daredevil's a big hit, that would be Daredevil Two: Dark Justice, where they cross over. <laughs> the original oh, Avengers. Been... <laughs> oh, that would have been perfect. <laughs> uh, uh, it would be mm-hmm. Daredevil: Colon Dark Justice um, subtitle. Double Jeopardy, because that's a lawyer term. <laughs> <laughs> With special guest Alec Trebek, because, you know, Jeopardy. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. <laughs> he needs to at least get a cameo. We need to make note of this. Maybe talk about, like, our 100th episode. <laughs> okay. All right. 200th? 200th, yeah. Next 100th episode, I mean. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. We will maybe write that down. I am totally not. <laughs> Same here. If we remember, then we'll say something about it. Sounds good. Or if any of our uh, brave listeners out there want to remind us in ninety uh, some odd episodes, yeah, let us <laughs> Close know. Close to two years. Yeah, you exactly. Gotta get on that. <laughs> <laughs> so let's actually talk about the scene. I guess. Okay, fine. <laughs> Ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we get the some some background a little bit about Jessica Jones that um, she is quote the best private investigator that they have, um, but uh, they really don't like her methods, so they always keep it on the down low. I gotta say that probably gets her paid less. I'm not actually sure how that works out. 
In mind, I feel well. No, we find out later in this episode they she put. I was gonna say they probably pay her into the table, but they they send the, the money request to payroll. That's the reason she can't have money at the end of this episode. So that just nullifies that. Um, yeah, I mean, because she has these terrible methods, that's why she's the best private investigator. It's not. It's not a giant leap of logic. That's that's true. Yeah, when you start ignoring a you know a bunch of the rules, um, it, it gets a lot quicker, a lot easier to to do things. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. So she gets a, a job here from Jerry that uh, she needs to go give a jury summons or a, a court summons, some summons, a summons to a some sleazy guy. Subpoena? Oh man, that I wrote down the wrong thing. Anyway, she has to give a subpoena to the to some sleazy guy. Um, and. Uh, that's pretty much it. Nice, very basic job. Like if you were playing a video game and you needed to uh, do some sort of private investigator type of thing, that's probably like one of the first things that they would have you do. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to say so far, I have no um, proof that Jessica Jones has superpowers. She just, I think she probably like jujitsu guy, that guy through the window. So that's I'm just true. Gonna, I'm just going to say that she has no superpowers through this whole thing. And we'll see how long that lasts me. Okay, yeah, that that sounds good. I mean, what are the chances of it, right? I mean, given the show, I, yeah, no powers. Yeah. No powers at all. So in the next scene, we see a great example of Jessica multitasking. She is uh, using some social engineering to get info on where this sleazy guy is. And it actually works out really well for her. So she's thinking on the spot. She has like some pictures, some information about the person she's talking to on the phone. And she's, uh, she's you know, really good at that so a nice example of her super private investigating power uh you mean just social engineering that's not super yeah. power. yeah exactly um, i mean she's good at it but yeah yeah did she plan you know, she must have i was wondering if it's a coincidence that the name of the girl she took happened to be the cheerleader chick because she like had to click down all the cheerleader the or the windows to get to the cheerleading photo like it was something she didn't expect to come up yeah i don't know i i was thinking the same thing um yeah i'm, I'm not sure six to one half dozen in the other yeah mm-hmm. i yeah never mind <laughs> <laughs> all right all right <laughs> Well, then let's move on to uh, the next scene where Jessica is actually tailing this guy that she needs to uh, give a summons or that a subpoena to. I got to stop looking at my incorrectly written notes. Um, and uh, he he gets he goes off. And I, I got to say, considering that uh, Jerry Hogarth told Jessica that it's always really hard to get to this guy because he always has bodyguards mm-hmm. um, in the very first scene we see him in. He is leaving his bodyguards to go by himself. To his really fast car that you'd have to have superpowers to catch up to, I guess. I guess that's true, yeah. But but she doesn't, because what he... From my memory, I don't remember how she gets up to the back of his car. Is it just like him getting in the car and she's there? Or he's at a stoplight? He goes to a stoplight and then she is there. So... I don't know yeah, how she made that it. Very there. Hard. It yeah. doesn't seem that hard. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe she used some sort of superpower jump to jump really fast and far. Mm, that seems unlikely. That's true. Okay. It's, so, it's uh, actually really fortunate for her that he actually gets his car stuck on like a odd hill to put his back tires up high. So it looks like she can lift the car, but she obviously doesn't. Well, obviously, no. However, this really scares the guy. And then he finds out that she actually does have a superpower. She has her laser eyes. And so as a result, he just takes a subpoena. Yep. (laughs) She (laughs) tends to murder him with her laser eyes. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Which uh, works out really well. So um, I'm a little curious. Hmm? Huh? I, I take it back. The, her only superpowers is laser eyes. All right, continue. <laughs> okay. All right, that works. Uh, 
So I'm actually a little curious. So this uh, sleazy business owner guy whose name I didn't write down. Gregory um, Spheris. That name. Um, he seems very against people with powers because uh, he, you know, says that, you know, that type of stuff to her. Does he think that she's an inhuman? Like, I'm, I'm curious about the, the world in general because they know about inhumans, mm-hmm. but they also know that there are people with powers that aren't inhumans, probably. I'm wondering if this is one of those, like, does he just assume anyone with powers is, is an inhuman? And is that a normal thing? I don't know if an average person even knows about inhumans. They know about the Avengers, and they know that powered people are showing up more and more often. So I don't know if he'd know them as inhumans, but just more and more powered people. Okay, got it. Because I at the beginning of Season 3 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., there was the whole thing with the president announcing that task force, the ATCU, and, the aliens, and I, yeah, aliens. Oh, okay, got it. And that's what I was trying to remember. If they said anything about Inhumans, or okay, so aliens. All right. Yeah, I mean, they also know about aliens. I mean, they attacked New York in the incident that we don't say off on Netflix. That is true for some reason. Okay. Yeah. All right. But there is actually one of my favorite episodes of this season. Not too spoilery. Really, kind of goes into this type of stuff. I don't know if you remember. I do not. So, you know, maybe going back to what we were saying earlier, um, that's one of the reasons I really enjoy the season, and I just don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get there in I have no idea how many weeks. No, right. Some amount. Cool. Well, fewer than 12, because that's how many weeks we have left on this um, show. Or at least this season. Gotcha. It's a 12-episode season? It's a 13-episode season, but it's not this week. So. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Not not ten episodes, just so you know. Okay. Hopefully, I remember that. I was assuming ten, but you were wrong. We, I I know I know we had like there was a whole thing with Daredevil. Uh-huh. Completely forgot about that. And yesterday, when I was watching these episodes, I was like, oh, all right, ten episodes. Okay, good to know. Nope. Didn't even look at the number. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's thirteen on Netflix except for Iron Fist season two and Defenders. Okay. I'll ask you about those again at some point in the future. Oh, yeah, I know. You'll remember this conversation. We literally have it recorded. I will just record, have this clip pulled out. (laughs) I'll click this link of this MP3. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I probably will, because I never learn. Yep. I probably won't edit it out. That's too much work. All right, continue. (laughs) Sounds good. Uh, and then this this whole little bit of the storyline gets wrapped up nicely with a nice little bow when uh, Jessica Jones gets a late night call from uh, Trinity. I mean, from Jerry Hogarth uh, about the dude who complained about Jessica's laser eyes. Yeah, I mean, that she obviously has and might get sued over. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, she's probably fine. So. She has no money for them to take. It's OK. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, all the money just comes from. I, mostly from the, the law firm, I guess. Yeah, and they have pretty good lawyers there, probably. That is true. Uh, all right. Well, I guess we'll move on to the next uh, next bit of storyline. And this is all basically around the stuff involving, I don't know if we get the character's name, but I'm going to say it anyway, Luke Cage. <clears throat> yes. Jessica can't sleep, so she takes the standard set of stakeout supplies and heads out. She watches some people do weird things in their own homes, then watches a couple get it on. Later, she goes to the bar owned by the guy whom was previously, quote, getting it on. (laughs) She and him then get it on. Jessica leaves when she sees a picture of the woman in his medicine cabinet. A woman in his, a picture of a woman in the medicine (laughs) cabinet. In the medicine cabinet, there's a picture of a woman. There we go. Let's go with that. (laughs) (laughs) Grammar is important. Because I wasn't lying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I gotta um, say, I don't really have much to say about about this. I mean, I feel like that description was uh, was pretty much everything. Uh, Tony, do you have any anything or much? Yeah. Um. I well. Yeah. When I was watching this, and I don't know if you remember because we've already established your poor memory. I couldn't remember why she was spying on Luke. It's like. Just like, you know, free spying, just like to practice. She thought Luke was hot. I don't know. Well, she obviously did because they end up in bed together. Uh Um, yeah. I do remember. 
Uh, yeah. And that's like one of the few things I, I remember about the about the, the season as a whole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So don't know why that was one I remember, but yeah. Okay. And then um, the other thing is like I had super sex is not so su- it's not so super when you're both holding back because I definitely remember a later scene that's going to happen. But we're not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that I remember, too. Um, and yeah. And that's about it. Um I, I did kind of like how they were sizing each other up when Jessica actually goes and, and meets him in person, where he is taking out the trash and he starts talking to her and convinces her to go into the bar and spend money. And then they're, you know, like asking each other questions, and that kind of thing. That was actually pretty cool. And it seems like they uh, are good people, people like they're they're able to size other people up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. little thing about. Luke Cage in the comics in the first four issues of um of Alias that I read, um the plot pretty much is Jessica gets tricked into spying on someone who's cheating on somebody else, and she finds out it's Captain America, and she has now has a video of Captain America's true identity, which you know supervillains would want to get a hold of and stuff like that. <gasps> yeah, first of all, through the whole. F- arc i was like why doesn't she just destroy the tape that's all you gotta do and you're fine but no it's all about her paranoia she's a much different character in the comic she's like very paranoid and i don't i mean she is i guess at the end of this episode i take it back she's just like it doesn't bring up the um the purple man stuff yet in uh the comic so i thought she was just overreacting but anyway, when she finds out she's been like set up to get Captain America's secret identity, the first person she goes to is Luke Cage. And um, because they know each other from the Avengers days. And Luke is just sleeping with some random woman who's like, who the hell is this woman come to your door at 3 a.m.? I'm like, oh, it's pretty accurate to this. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> also, I know from reading like Civil War comics and stuff, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones get married and have a kid. That I do know, and that was pretty much all I knew about the two characters. Um, I did. I I have seen them in some of the other ancillary comics. Uh, I think the New Avengers, Luke Cage mm-hmm. was the leader of that at some point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I really got to go back and read some of those other ones. Yeah, no, uh, Secret Invasion was real good. That was right after Civil War too, which I enjoyed. Good to know. All right, Tony. I think it's that time. It's time to move on and do our ad break. Sound good to you? Uh, Sounds good to me. Cool. Let's push some products. All right, Tony, if I were to ask you, where would you go for a stiff drink and a clean location? What would you say? And before you answer, remember, you can be honest with me. I am your friend, not your doctor. All right. Well, I go to the alley behind my house and whatever the hobos there are drinking is fine with me. That's right. You would go to Luke's bar. It has everything you want in a bar. Alcohol, bartenders, plural, recently swept floors, no private investigators hanging around. I don't know why that last point is so important, but there you have it. Now, Tony, Luke Cage is not advertising on this show. So let's segue to the real question. What if... What if I were to ask you the same question, but this time you're looking for a good meal... And you happen to be in Connecticut. I haven't been in Connecticut. Well, um, I hear that you have Hardee's on the East Coast instead of Carl's Jr. So I'll go with that. That's right. You would go to Luke's Diner, the small town diner open from 5 a.m. to 11 p.m. with the same one owner working all those hours for some odd reason. If you're lucky, you'll be there on a normal day, Thursday. That's the one day a week you won't have to deal with crazy people. Maybe. Luke's Diner. Don't tell them MCU Rewind sent you. Just order a coffee. I got that in the middle of your joke. (laughs) I'm glad. Sometimes I worry you won't get them, but I I know. I know you know this stuff. (laughs) I'm very much Captain America. Oh, I got that reference. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Good times. Good times. Um, Also, I was going to say Luke's bar or diner, both of those places, um, seem like places I would go. I like Luke's bar. This is the clean bar. It's not too shady. Um, yeah, I'm like I'd be worried about getting drunk in New York just because I'm a paranoid person in general. But that seems like a nice place. Um, 
Luke's diner also looks like it has delicious food, and I hate when people talk on cell phones uh, in the restaurants. So it all works out. <laughs> yeah, I agree with all of your statements. Uh, you and I agree way too much. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. No, we don't. Damn it. <laughs> we, okay, we agree the perfect fair. amount. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to make this more, more antagonistic. Gotcha. All right, we'll, we'll be a little more confrontational there. All right, we'll we'll snipe at, at small small remarks. Sound good? That way, that way, you can it can build up, and then then we'll have like a whole segment. It doesn't, but we'll continue anyway. All right, fine. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on to the next scene. Back to the show, Jessica Jones, season one, episode one, <clears throat> aka Ladies' Night. It sounds so creepy when you say it that way. Maybe maybe just say it like in your normal way. <laughs> you mean Ladies' Night? That's not my normal way. I'm trying to channel Lando Calrissian. He's the most non-creepy guy you've ever met, seen, right? Let's move on. <laughs> a couple arrives at Jessica's apartment office seeking help to find their daughter, Hope. Jessica takes their case. After some online searching, she finds and confronts Hope's friend slash previous roommate. This then leads Jessica to finding out Hope is spending lots of money on this new guy. Ooh. You know, I write these intros and I should practice it more than just once so that way i don't mess it up as we're recording but you practice it once i just say it for the first time out loud when we're recording <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't really practice it i mean i don't say it out loud i kind of read it anyway moving on um, uh so one thing that was actually skipped a little bit in that intro is uh at the beginning of this the beginning of the day where hope's parents show up to jessica's apartment office um we meet Jessica's neighbor, Malcolm, played by uh, Eka Darville. I, I'm really worried I'm mispronouncing that name. You might but, be. I uh, didn't even write the stuff down. Oh, okay. Um, the only reason I wanted to call him out is to talk about his previous superhero-related work. He played the Red Ranger in Power Rangers RPM. Did he? Yep. Which you know, I watched after this, so it was very weird. <laughs> you know... Red Rangers don't have a great track record. No, they do not. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to go it. into I, that because yeah. mm -hmm. don't want to talk about it. I, so. Yeah, I, I know. I know which one you're talking To be fair, the original Red Ranger became an EMT. Oh, okay. It almost evens it out. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. The Red Ranger from the most recent movie is that douchebag on Stranger Things that I don't like. So, it's less, it's not as good. Okay. <laughs> having not watched down. it. <laughs> having not watched Stranger Things, meh, not a problem yeah. for me. Okay. Then, then again, I also didn't like that news movie. So, all right. Moving on. <laughs> so, the uh, the parents show up and uh, they kind of give the, the generic description about their daughter, Hope. She's the generic good kid, school sports, uh, went missing suddenly, sounds voluntary, the, the missing, the leaving stuff, because they told because uh, Hope told her parents about it. But it's not the sort of thing that she would do. So mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And uh, Jessica decides to take the case and see what she can find. So, um, Hope's replacement, like her roommate replacement, that dude with the camera. Uh-huh. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I guess she was desperate to find a, a roommate. That's kind of what she said, right? She's on Craigslist. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm more of like human decency type thing, but I'm not also, I'm also not an artiste. So the camera on your head recording your entire life. Is a huge invasion of privacy, and Jessica Jones did the right thing. I agree. At the same time, who did she say no to on Craigslist? That's true. Or she she sold her stuff for ninety eight dollars. All the hope stuff was ninety eight bucks. So she was desperate for the roommate. Probably, probably the first non like eighty year old man or like sixty year old man. To call was the person she took in. <laughs> that's that's probably pretty close to the truth, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. yeah. So 
Jessica does get some information, at least from that visit. She finds out that Hope is with some guy. And that's pretty much it. That's the whole reason she left and all of that stuff. Um, so she's uh, looking into this a little bit more. She um, looks up some uh, credit card information that Hope uh, had uh, had used or a credit card that she normally doesn't use. Um, and at this point, it sounds like she's getting conned by this guy that she's with. She's spending a lot of money on uh, suits, lingerie, that type of stuff, uh, expensive restaurants. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, so let's move on to the next section, which is pretty much a continuation of this. It's just a little bit more. <clears throat> Jessica finds a restaurant Hope went to and gets an eerily familiar description of the night Hope had there. She then confronts Hope's parents to find out they were referred to her by an Englishman at the police station. Jessica tells them to leave town immediately and runs off. Jessica attempts to leave town too, but doesn't have the funds. So she goes to an old friend for help. Trish. Her friend's name is Trish. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so, so, yeah. I was going to say, this guy walks in and just says whatever he wants. People automatically do it. Makes me think Jedi. Because Sith don't have that power. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Sith don't? Uh, supposedly... That's a power Sith don't have, which I think if they did have it, it would turn out like this. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> that, that makes sense. Huh. Never thought about it from that perspective. Yeah, I'm, it's, it's kind of those arbitrary rules. Like, I mean, there's no reason why uh, Anakin wouldn't have this power when he turns Darth Vader. He just doesn't. Hmm. I... I guess the only thing I can think of is once you go Sith, you're like all about power and that's not the sort of um, power that would, you know, give you raw energy power type of thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're just trying to make lightning. <laughs> it's all you're trying to do. Try to make lightning. That's right. I think that <laughs> that was Anakin's ultimate goal. Was not, I want lightning powers. It's <laughs> yeah. all I want. I mean, if it's the power that could kill um mace windu then yeah it's a it's pretty useful i don't know samuel jackson says mace windu isn't dead but samuel jackson is also a liar so <laughs> eh, all right <laughs> <sighs> anyway what were we talking about <laughs> uh we were talking about a restaurant visit that jessica jones had um she uh, realizes that this is um, not a situation she wants to be in mm -hmm. and gets out of there as soon as she can. So she confronts Hope's parents uh, to get some information about how she was referred to them, finds out um, that there was a uh, an English guy at the police station when they were trying to you know say, hey, police, help us find our daughter. And um, were not very helpful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not helpful there. Um, so that pretty, pretty much confirms exactly the fear that Jessica is having right now. She is not liking this and tells them to leave, get out of town. Yeah. We haven't really talked about the, um, the like, her flashbacks of the purple Tenth Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I, it's, it's a little hard to, to kind of throw in here because they've all been like, you know, a fraction of a second sort of thing. Uh, and yeah, she's been having like some sort of PTSD sort of stuff throughout the entire episode. Um, hearing uh, a voice, English voice telling her stuff and she has not been having a good time. I think it's because she really liked Christopher Eccleston and she's just mad that the David Tennant took over and she's just getting flashes of him over and over again. <laughs> I think I think that's what's happening. I may be reading this uh, wrong. That very well might be. I mean, you know, after that show was off the air for so so many years and it comes back and, you know, it's it's basically like falling in love with your first doctor, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's that's what happened. And then and then, and then he's just gone after a single season. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, I saw David Tennant first, so I have the evilest doctor. Ah, well, that's good for you. All right, so then Jessica goes to see her friend Trish. <laughs> um, 
Jessica climbs the wall to get up there. Uh, I, I wasn't really sure on that. I, I assumed there were stairs. Grappling but it... hook. Um, grappling hook to the fire escape. Because she doesn't have uh, superpowers. She can't jump that high. That's true. Okay. All right. So, so that... she She's Batman. <laughs> she's not Spider-Man. No, 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 Jessica. Also not a Spider-Woman, as we established earlier. Because of ah, that too. Because of differences. <laughs> you're right so oh sorry were you gonna say something i was gonna talk about trish and her weird backstory in comics okay i want to hear all this do you know about her backstory in comics not at all this will all be new to me uh jessica jones was from or jessica jones trish or patsy walker was originally in a um timely comics magazine which timely comics was before Marvel Comics, called Miss America Magazine from 1944 to 1967, where she was just this teenage girl trying to make it good in the world, like, I don't know, like how I think, um, what's that? The Archie comics were before I watched Riverdale and found out they were murdery shows. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the super wholesome type of comics. Yeah, like the Riverdale cartoon. Yeah, apparently there's Riverdale cartoon like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But after 1967, when she was in college and her comic ended, she wasn't anywhere to be seen till eight years later. She was suddenly Hellcat in the Avengers. She had this, she got superpowers somewhere in the eight years in between. And they found, and she was like this child actor. The, her backstory is she's a child actor. And that magazine was based on her TV show. That she was when she was growing up. So the Miss America comics where she came from is a fictionalized version within the fictionalized version of the Marvel comics. Wow. Weird. Yeah. It It is. It's Patsy. It's Patsy. Which, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, slight un, um, related, slight spoilers to Jessica Jones, but it's not a big plot point. You know that music video from season two? Uh-huh. Um, that's a real music video and a real MP3 you could buy. Um, like not like specifically real, as in they made it they as made part it. of making season two. Yeah, or... they made the, they made the whole thing, and it's currently on YouTube. It's not a good music video or a good song. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. I, I okay when when you first said that, I thought it was like it was a separate thing that existed oh, before no. that, and they just no. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> Yeah, I oh, that's write, probably for the best. I didn't even write details about the actress, uh, but she was in a Charlie's Angels reboot TV show that was in the early two thousands, which I didn't know happened. I knew the movies with Cameron Diaz and Lucy Liu and the other one, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, I know the actress. Doctor. I can't remember her name. Okay, Drew um, Barrymore. She, I just didn't yeah, there her. we go. Okay. Oh, all right. All right. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I thought for once I would have almost uh, known something uh, movie related that you didn't. But nope. I West have continues. slightly less of a life than you do. <sighs> all right. Someday. Yeah, you'll get you'll get down here. All right. <laughs> so, Jessica needs some money from Trish, and uh, Trish is not helping. Um, but Jessica says he's back. But huh. in less of a creepy voice that I used. Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yep. Exactly. He's back. And Trish is not having any of it. She says she was going to call the cops. I don't know if she did. I don't think she did. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. Because of what happens in the next scene. Um, I also like we get a little bit that Trish uh, is the one who kind of pushed Jessica to be a hero. And use her the superpowers that Jessica convinced Trish that she has but doesn't really have those powers uh-huh the laser eyes the laser eyes yeah to use her laser eyes <laughs> as a superpower i mean what kind of hero has laser eyes stupid yeah exactly it's it's i mean if they did it would probably be like a single beam from the two eyes they would combine and that, oh, yeah. that makes no yeah. sense and every time you open your eyes it just shoots out of there like no yeah. control at all you need, yeah you need a weird visor or something yeah what's what's the Red. point of that it Makes no sense. Red sunglasses. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. So no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we were both horrible at this uh this segue thing. Anyway, yeah, what you said, Trish says no, and then Jessica leaves. Alright, so let's uh let's move on and basically finish out the rest of the episode itself. <clears throat> Jessica wants to leave town, but she just can't bring herself to do it. So instead she goes to the hotel she believes Hope is at. Hope oh, wait, is no. there. Trish Trish doesn't say no. Trish gives her like a crap load of money. Oh, you're right. She was <laughs> yeah. actually going to leave. I yeah, completely she was forgot. To leave. Huh. I have no idea why she has that much money in her home. Huh. Uh, let me start over. <clears throat> Jessica wants to leave town with her newfound boatload of money, but she can't bring herself to do it. So instead, she goes to the hotel she believes Hope is at. Hope is there and under some sort of mind control, not letting her leave the bed. Jessica struggles with her, but is able to get Hope away. Jessica explains some rules about the mind control, and eventually Hope is able to leave with her parents. Too bad for her parents, though. Yep. Yeah. So, um, this hotel is the creepiest hotel I've seen since The Shining. <laughs> How so? It's just like, no one's in the hallway. It's it, just the way they shoot it. It's like a horror movie. Um, there are probably ghosts. I'm basing this on just the fact that it reminds me of The Shining. <laughs> Which, Kilgrave is kind of like a ghost from her past. So, yeah. Same thing. Okay. Alright, that fits. I'll take it. No, um, Fitz is an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. though. I, you know, I've been saying that throughout this entire episode. Been worried you were going to do it. And you did. <laughs> yep. You did. <laughs> uh, so Jessica pulls the fire alarm to get all the people out there and to be safe, I'm assuming, maybe? Is it like a heroic thing to get people to be safe? Maybe. Maybe. I think it's more she wanted to see if anyone is was in the room. I mean, would Kilgrave try to save himself if he thought there was a fire? Probably. Oh, that's a good point. All right, to see if it would get him out. Yeah. Because if it, if he's in there, she doesn't want to get controlled. Maybe like blending with the crowd a little bit, but she would be doing a terrible job as the only one staring at that door. Ah, uh, that's true. Okay, that works. So uh, I gotta say I agree with you in the sense that basically right here at this scene and on is when it gets really creepy because we're we're really getting like a um, a sense of the the bad stuff that's going on because we know that. Basically, like, and this is something we skipped when we were talking about, but basically Jessica's already gone through all of this. This was the one-month ritual, basically, that uh, she had already gone through with uh, this other guy who's evil and I, the uh, the villain of the uh, of the show right now. Yeah, I haven't been too secret about who he is. <laughs> yeah, okay, I, I wasn't sure. Yeah, we we need to get better about <laughs> about deciding what we should or or what we will or won't spoil. Yeah. But yeah, that that's true. So yeah, the the whole the villain thing, and I mean, we've been getting the whole thing uh, right now, right? You know, a whole uh, evil doctor sort of thing going on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Jessica gets into that hotel room, and that girl can't leave the uh, the bed, and she's just been staring at the clock, and she knows how many minutes have gone by. And five hours and twenty one minutes. Yep. She even wet the bed. That's not that's not a fun time. Yeah. So uh Jessica is able to actually pull her away from the bed. Um mm -hmm. even though the girl really did not want to. But, yeah, uh, like like literally clawing at the door. Which he said don't move. Maybe he was real specific in the don't move. If he said don't move from the, from the bed, I feel like she'd be able to move like on the surface of the bed, not be frozen. But if she said don't move, wouldn't she be like a statue when Jessica picks her up? Like, <laughs> well, he, he could have said right two things. <laughs> he, he he could have had two sentences: don't move and don't leave the bed. Or the uh, the other thing, I um, I don't actually know if that was a plant. Like, was she left there? with him knowing that Jessica would show up the, because he's the one who sent Hope's parents to Jessica. Possibly. But if he, you, if Kilgrave 
or Evil Doctor, since I'm not supposed to say his name, apparently. <clears throat> if Evil Doctor wants to use her as a bait for Jessica, why isn't he there, like, hiding in the bathroom, waiting to say, Jessica Freeze, or something like that? I think I know the answer to that. But I think we won't find out for a few more episodes. All right. Fair enough. So I, I think there is a reason behind that one, though. All right. So. Hmm. All right. So I guess we'll, <laughs> we'll move on to the next thing. Um, in the next episode, Jessica is explaining a few things to Hope, saying that eventually the, uh, the mind control type of stuff will wear off. So that's good. Um, it just takes some time. So she kind of helps her uh, get over that. And then uh, Jessica's parents show up. And they leave, and good. We have a nice, happy ending to the end of this first episode. Things are going a little bit bad for Jessica. She's turn off my TV right away. To see nothing at the end because I only see it, the credits. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, what's what's the point of that? Uh, but no, unfortunately, um, Hope had a gun in her purse and uses all the bullets. Yeah, um, Jessica, check her. Purse. I'm sorry. I need to edit that out now. <laughs> <laughs> Check your freaking uh, purse. This is her freaking purse. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if that's a normal thing that you would do though. Go through the stuff of the person you just rescued. Um, but, but uh, when someone's been mind controlled and still is under the influence, you've got to suspect something like this might be up their sleeve. Oh yeah, exactly. Because you have no idea what's happened, especially because uh, well, we know that Jessica has quite a quite a history with this uh, this other person, and uh -huh. he's quite a sadistic bastard. Yes, he is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Man. What? Oh, I gotta find uh -huh. a sound effect for Jessica Jones now. <laughs> That's what you get for cursing. Uh, uh, damn it! I mean, you could just there use the same videos of cats. I could use that for all the Netflix shows. Yeah, why not? <laughs> That's on you, though. It's your call. It really is. <laughs> all of it's my my call and my fault. <laughs> all right, Tony. We're at roughly fifty-seven minutes. Um, I think I'm good talking about this episode. Or how about you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm. I'm realizing I didn't put the outro on my thing, so... Um, All right, well, while you look that up, um, I'm going to go ahead and ask you about rating the episode. Oh, so, yeah. um, the thing that we very often forget, um, let's say uh, out of, and I don't even remember the number, 10? 10, 10. So let's rate this uh, on a scale of 1 to 10 car bumpers. How would you rate this episode? This is, a really, this is a really strong beginning. I feel like it really gets me interested in the show. I'll give it like eight car bumpers. Not perfect, but still pretty good. Okay. I, I, I think something a little similar. I'm going to go with seven. I do think it was a, a good episode overall. Um, but I, I remember the first time I watched the series... It, the first episode got me a little interested, but not, you know, didn't really hook me. Mm -hmm. The end, though, that one did kind of hook me because now we're getting the whole, oh, uh, bad guy is really bad sort of deal. And um, and so that one kind of made it, okay, maybe I, I really want to start watching more now. Um, but overall, I'm, I'm going to give it a seven. All right. And luckily, I found our outro. So, Ooh, perfect. Perfect timing. Join us next time as we cover Jessica Jones Season 1, Episode 2, a.k.a. Crush Syndrome. And remember to follow us on Twitter at MCU underscore Rewind. And please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app that they're using now because I know Apple just changed it. Or whatever uh, your favorite podcast app is. Again, this is a Marvel Cinematic Rewind for Jessica Jones Season 1, Episode 1, a.k.a. Ladies Night. Signing off. Have a marvelous day. <laughs> <laughs>